Church family, it is so good to worship with you today. My name is Jun, one of the pastors here at Grace. And um, I right now lead a Kore- the Korean church here at Grace, and it is my privilege to share the word of God with you today. Today I'd like to speak to you about hope. I'd like to speak to you about hope in Christ. Would you turn to Matthew 4 with me? Matthew 4, 15 to 17. Matthew 4, 15 to 17. It's the word of God for us. Land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee to the Gentiles. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. From that time on Jesus, begin to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Would you join me in praying one more time before we open the word of God? Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Would you come? We ask that you will open the eyes of our hearts, enlighten the eyes of our hearts, so that we may know the hope which you have called us into, Lord. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask for the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Open our eyes right now, Lord, so allow us to see not only what is in the natural, but what is in the supernatural what is in the spiritual realm. Father, what you are doing. So we don't only respond by our flesh, but rather we respond to the leading of the Spirit in this moment, in every moment, especially this day. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. The hope of Christ in us is what awakens life within us. The hope of Christ in us is what awakens the life within us. A Christian without hope is a Christian without life within them. You might be saved, you might love Jesus, but you might not have the light of life that the world is asking of you. In a book called Evangelism and Missions, there's a story about research on mice and swimming. I don't know about you, but I never knew that mice are actually really good swimmers. In that research, they find that a mouse could, could hold your breath up to three minutes underwater and nonstop could swim three days in a water, in a bucket of water. So they would put in a different, you know, a uh, mouse and, and mice here and there and try to figure out how long can they swim in different circumstances. And one of the circumstances being they put a mouse in a bucket of water and they covered it with a black tarp. So it was pitch darkness that the mice, my mouse was swimming in. And they found out that after three minutes, the mouse drowned. Three minutes. They're supposed to be good swimmers. The only difference was that it was pitch dark. Now, they took a same-sized mouse, same maturity, and they put it on a different bucket with almost complete darkness, but just one ray of light, one thin ray of light, coming through one corner of the bucket. And that mouse, they found out, swam for three days, 72 hours. What was the difference? And that book, it talks about how that will be the hope for the mouse. That one ray of light, though small, that's what allowed that mouse to continue going and keep going. And I believe hope is like that for us. Without hope, life within us dissipates but with hope we can keep going 
It is not the circumstances around us that kills the life within us, but rather the hope within us that helps us to either overcome or be depressed or oppressed under the pressure of the circumstances around us. Hope of life, hope of Jesus Christ is the life within you. Similar thing happened in 2003, April in Bangladesh. A building collapsed, major building, and um, you could find that article easily. And one of the stories being a seven-year-old boy was trapped inside the rubbles when the building collapsed. He walked up to pitch darkness, complete darkness, no one around him. He couldn't hear anything. He was confused and dazed at first, and then he started to yell out, Mommy, 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 is there anyone to help me? He survived 41 hours without food or water. And he decided, I guess this is it for me, he shares. And right at that moment, 41-hour mark, he hears a voice of hope, a rescue worker saying, is anyone there? And he goes, help me. And he goes, here I am. We're getting to you. Hold on. That boy held on 72 hours, three more days. And then he got rescued. I don't know about you, but often I need that voice of the Holy Spirit in my heart. When the world seems dark, when my circumstances discourages me, I need God to just whisper to me and say, I am here. And that hope of Christ within you, that voice, though gentle and small, that is what gives us hope. That is what allows us to continue and helps us to keep going. Hopelessness feels like this. I wrote down a few things on my notes. Some days you just wake up discouraged. You just wake up. There's no reason why. And you go like, I feel empty and meaningless. And you don't know why. I've known of a pastor um, who just walked up one day and decided, I just felt like my health is, something's wrong with my body. He went to the doctor. He found out that he had cancer. He did all things right. He exercised. He ate right. He wasn't super stressed. His priority was right, but he got sick. Or maybe some parents, you hear news of your child being sick and your doctor doesn't even know what's wrong with him or her or can't get the care because you don't have the finances or the insurance or news or an experience of a divorce or a relationship coming so close to it. You're going, God, I don't know if there's hope in this family. Maybe you feel like your child is so far away from God and they have no intention, not even a sliver of intention to come back to God. Or maybe you're going through a financial crisis as our country is. You're saying, God, I don't know when I'll be able to work and get our finances back in order again. It just seems dark when it comes to finances. Or maybe you have a job, but the issue is you feel like there's no future in that job. And isn't that true, church? That is not about how much work you have. If you feel like there's no future or hope in that job, you start to get exhausted in that work. Health or even dieting. I spoke to a young man who worked so hard to, to, to you know, um, shed a few pounds and he went on a diet, you know, ketosis diet, low-carb diet. He tried everything. And after two weeks of vigorous dieting, he went back on the scale and the scale said, you gained two pounds. And he said, you liar, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan. He was discouraged. 
And he just stopped. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to eat whatever, and I'm not going to exercise. Because he felt hopeless from small things like that to bigger things in life. What about prophecy? The word of God comes to you, and you hear the voice of God, and it's a voice of hope. And you thank God because of the promise. And you go, God, I thank you so much for the prophecy, the word of God. I rejoice in that, right? And you and I pray and wait on the Lord. And you scratch your head going like, God, it hasn't come yet. You promised. Why is it taking so long? And you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait. And you you find yourself hopeless. And you go, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe I'll just give up on this promise. Maybe you feel like those Israelites on the sixth day around Jericho, marching around and around and around, and just feeling like, is anything going to happen? That is the temptation and the pull towards hopelessness. And God wants to speak to you this evening to let you know that hope within you is the power and the life within you. He wants to awaken that within you. It is not about the circumstances that we talked about or more, wherever or however you're joining or wherever you're coming from. It is not the circumstances. It is the grace of God that gives you hope. It is the faithfulness of the Father that will come visit you today to give you hope. And when you find that hope, you'll find a life to start to awaken within your soul. Nothing in the circumstantial realm might change, but everything in your spiritual realm would change. And out of that, out of that hope, something starts to shift in the supernatural. May the grace of God come find you. May the hope of Christ come find you. In verse 15 in today's passage, it opens a prophecy from Isaiah 9. Now, this chapter in this verse is talking about the very beginning of the ministry of Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is about to take his first step into his ministry. And right before that, it is interesting that the Bible talks about and refers back to a story in Isaiah, which started from Isaiah chapter 7 to chapter 9. It's about a king called Ahaz. He's the king of Judah, the southern kingdom. And he becomes a king young, ill-equipped, and he becomes a king in a very a tremendous and out of tremendous pressure from the northern kingdom and Syria as well, or powerful kingdoms. And he had the choice between trusting God or trusting someone else or something else. And he was surely tempted to trust on something else or someone else. Isaiah the prophet comes to him, man of God comes to him and says this, trust in the Lord. He will deliver you. He will fight for you. Be courageous. Trust in the Lord. Lean on the Lord, not others. Ahaz sinned. He said, no, I will not do that. And he leaned on something else and someone else other than God. And because of the sin, the land has become a land of darkness. And this is where we pick up in verse 16. This is from Isaiah 9, which Matthew 4.16 is referring to. The people living in darkness. The whole land right now, the Bible is saying, is filled with darkness because of the sins of the ancestors. Darkness within the land. And Bible moves on to say this, have seen a great light. Why the great light? Because Jesus Christ himself is about to walk in that land. That same land, Galilee, 
The land of sinfulness, the land of betrayal, the land who have betrayed the Lord Jesus. Now the Lord Jesus is going to walk and say, you know what? I am the light. I'm going to walk my first step in Galilee and restore that land which has become darkness because of the sin. Now we're going to bring light to it because I am just walking in it. He didn't do anything yet. It's not about the ministry that he does. When the, when the light walks in, hope walks in as well. That's what the Bible is saying. Ancestors have sinned in that land. And in the same land, Jesus Christ himself, the light of the world, will walk. And because he's walking, hope will come and find. A light has dawned. Jesus, the light of hope. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, you and I know this verse so well. Used in weddings all the time. So now faith, hope, and love abides. Faith, hope, and love abides. We look at that verse, we know that verse, but we don't think about that often enough. We talk about faith at church, we talk about love at church, and the world as well. However, we often miss hope. You know, these three things abide, meaning they go together. If your hope, if you lose hope, you start to lose love. If you start to lose hope, you start to lose faith. Those three things, they always go together. It's like a three-legged stool. It cannot exist outside of each other. So though you're trying to love, though you're trying to believe, if you have a hard time believing or loving, maybe the reason is because of the hope that you're missing in your life. Psalm 43, 5 says this, Why are you downcast? The the transliteration maybe for, for this age, it will be depression. Why are you depressed, oh my soul? Why are you in turmoil or why are you anxious, my soul? Depression, anxiety. Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Anxiety and depression comes because there's no hope. God wants to give you hope. Christ came and walked on this earth as hope. And 2 Corinthians 3.12 says this, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Depression, anxiety leaves. When hope comes, you become very bold. 2003, Parts of East Coast of United States and some parts of Canada went dark, lost power, major blackout. And Dr. Tony Evans talks about a story where he was in, in that he was in New York in the middle of the blackout. New York City, which is you know always lit, like 24 hours, always lit bright, and it was pitch dark. It was darkness all around, and he he barely found a hotel, and he walked into a hotel candlelit hotels and he, he was given a flashlight so he could be led to the room and he went up to the room and he sat down and um, he looked at across the window and found a hotel across the street from him all lit up and he just went like maybe I'm just in the wrong hotel so they walked out the whole city was all blacked out and this this hotel was lit so so he went in and heard music heard lights they, he's, he hear people laughing and dining together. And they even had the TV on, CNN, talking about how the rest of the New York is dark. And he later found out why. The reason was because the building was built with a gas generator inside. 
the building. The power was coming from the inside. Had a power on the inside that could not be controlled by the circumstances on the outside. That is the hope of Jesus Christ within you. Power within you that cannot be controlled by the circumstances outside. We're in a very unique season, aren't we, family? Very unique. A lot of pain, confusion, uncertainty about the future. Pandemic crisis in our nation in agony. My question to you right now is, is there hope within you? Because what God has given you is this. I've given you power that cannot be controlled by outside circumstances. I've sent you my son who walked this earth and have turned the darkness that is in this land into light because he himself is in the light. He's, he's light. And he himself, the light of the world, lives inside of you. The Lord is saying he wants to restore hope within you. The hope of Christ awakens the life within us. There's a story told within a concentration camp in World War II. A really wise rabbi has collected, he collected over time, butter over time, butter. Think about it. They're not getting fed well. They're, they're you know, cold and, and they're just barely surviving. But this wise rabbi collected butter and he made a candle out of it. And when Hanukkah came, they gathered, he gathered all the men around the candle and he lit the candle. And they all prayed and silently watched. His son questioned the wisdom of that rabbi and asked him, Daddy, why would you waste the butter like that? Don't you know that we're all hungry? And the rabbi, wise rabbi, said this, We can, son, my son, we can last days without food, but without hope, we won't last an hour. What these men need more than food right now and what I can provide is hope. I think there's a tremendous wisdom in that. If you find yourself, if we find ourselves in darkness right now, what we need is the hope of Jesus Christ. More than just the provision and the physical things that we can see around us. What we need is the hope of light within us. And God wants to give that to you. It is not the circumstances around us that kills the life out of us. Rather, in, this, in a situation like this, in a crisis like this, if you have the light within you, the power of hope within you, the world is asking for that right now. They're going to knock on your door and say, who is in you? What's wrong with you? What's different from you? And you'll say, it is because of the hope of Christ within me. It is not the circumstances. We live in the same world however the hope within me which is Christ Jesus Christ who came 2,000 years ago and walked the life that I couldn't walk and died the death that I should have died because of him who is living in me resurrected power within me because of the hope I have life then we could become the testimony and the power of Christ like never before so family let's ask God for that hope let's lean into that hope Two things then, how do we enter that hope? Practically, how do we enter that hope? Number one, hearing the word restores our hope. Hearing the word restores our hope. Psalm 119, 114 says this, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope, I hope in your word. I hope 
in your word. If you feel like your circumstances are going well, your life is going well, but you're not hearing the word of God right now, you should be hopeless. Dare I say. Everything in your life going to be, seems, seems to be going well. Let's just say that that's happening, right? But if you're not hearing the word of God, whether it be on the meditation and reading the word of God every day or through the sermons that you hear, if you're not hearing from the Lord, you should be hopeless. However, if you find yourself in a situation and circumstances just tough and hard, however, if you're hearing from the Lord, you're hearing the voice of God, no family, that you should be hopeful because you're hearing the word of God. I heard that um, according to some research that the last sense to leave us when we are passing is our hearing. We might lose our sight, taste, touch, but last, last sense that we would lose is hearing. I, I find that it might be the same for our spiritual um, health and spiritual wellness as well. They say that according to the current um, statistics that 80% of Christian boys or boys and girls leaving college, uh, I mean, le- pardon me, leaving high school and going to college, 80% of them leave God and the church and the body of Christ. 80%, it's a statistic. And so because me and my wife, we got a privilege to do youth ministry about 10 years, we got to minister and, and circle back to few of the graduates who left out of our discipleship and, and now they're in the world away from us, miles and miles away from us. And they'll sometimes call in and say, Pastor, I'm so far from God. I have no desire or heart. I can't move an inch. Your soul is dying. What do I do? I, don't, I know I should pray. I know I should go to church. I know I should, I should, I should, I should. But I don't want to and I don't want to. I don't know what to do. I barely just, you know, gather myself to call you. What do I do? Often this is what I told them. This is what I want you to do. These are a couple of links that I'm going to send you, sermons that I think you should listen to and just listen to them. Even res- recently, as I was ministering to, 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 to a a young person who, who just was trying to come back to Christ but doesn't even know where to start. Uh, Pastor, I don't know where, what to do. I don't know where to begin. I am so depressed right now. I said, these are some links that you can listen to because faith comes from hearing and hope also comes from the hearing the word of God, as the psalmist would say. And furthermore, Psalm 119.71 says this, it was good for me It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. It was good for me to be afflicted. Can you imagine, can you think, just wrap your mind around what he's trying to say. He was afflicted. He went through tremendous suffering right now. He's saying, that was good for me. The benefit of suffering when we go through it well is that it opens our eyes It removes the facade out of our spirit. It removes the hard shell that we have out of our heart. And that suffering that allows us to have a soft soil is now speaking the word of God into us. Like like how C.S. Lewis said, the suffering that we have, trials that we go through, becomes the megaphone of the Holy Spirit. So when you are going through suffering, even when when you and I are going through suffering, one of the benefits and how we can turn that around for the good of the Lord and for our soul is this. It is good for me to be afflicted because now I hear the Lord. Before, I couldn't hear the Lord. Maybe it was my pride. It was maybe because of arrogance, maybe because I didn't have the zeal or the desire or the appetite to hear from the Lord. But now, because I was hungry, as Deuteronomy 8, 4 says, 
Because you were hungry in the wilderness, you now got to know that you will not only live on bread alone, but according to the word of God that comes from the almighty God. Your ears opened up because of the suffering. Family, some of you are going through tremendous suffering. Our nation is in agony. But know that maybe, maybe if our Lord moves, maybe our eyes will be opened up and my, our, our ears will be opened up and we'll start to see what the Lord is doing and hear better. And because we hear better, hope will come and restoration will come. Let's believe into that. Let's pray into that. God, would you open the ears of our nation and our church and our family and our children because of the suffering? What the enemy meant for evil, would you turn it for good and restore hope within us? Not because the circumstances became better, but because we're hearing from you well, Lord Jesus. And your voice is the voice of hope. Because when you walk this earth, you brought hope. Because you are hope. You don't give hope. You don't just give hope. You are hope. Let's usher that kingdom into our nation, into our families right now. The hope, hope within us is what awakens life within us. A guy named John won Powerwall multi-state lottery, $314.9 million. A thing that was most precious to him was a granddaughter that he had. And because now he had a lot of money, he was a Christian too, so I heard he tithed and all that good stuff, and he started, with all that money, he started to maybe spoil his granddaughter, gave her an allowance of $2,000 per week, bought her four cars. The first thing, according to an article that I read, was that the granddaughter stopped listening, stopped listening to her parents. She would do whatever she wants with the car and the money that she had soon after, the granddaughter was found addicted to drugs and killed 17-year-olds. That guy, John, he says this, if I could go back in time, I would actually rip off that lottery ticket because it has taken away the most precious thing in my heart. The granddaughter stopped listening because she was spoiled. I think a similar thing can happen to your spirit and my spirit. When we're spoiled, when we're getting our way, you know what happens? We stop listening to the Lord. We stop listening to the man and woman that God has placed in our hearts, in our lives. We become deafened to the voice of God. Or maybe, dare I say, our country. When we just prosper, we stop hearing God. And maybe, maybe, God is saying, I want you to have real hope. I want to really restore you. And for that to happen, I need you to really listen to me. Because faith and hope, both of them, comes from hearing. God does not want to give us pain, family. But sometimes pain is the only way that we'll hear from God. Because God's interest at the end of the day is not to make us comfortable. God's interest in us is our maturity, is our sanctification. But here's a hope. But if you and I start hearing from God better, when hearing gets restored, then hope gets restored. And then life starts to thrive within us. And that power of Jesus Christ, that ministry starts on you like today's passage. So hearing of the word restores our hope. Second thing, repentance restores hope. Repentance restores hope. So let's continue on Matthew 4, 17 now. 
from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. When we hear from God, hope comes. Not a hope that is kind of fluffy in the clouds and that's not what this hope feels like. It's a hope that you find yourself in going like, I am ruined because God has just illuminated me. One, the, one, one of the ways that we can break prejudice is, is knowing about that person, right? Not the, the you know, color of their skin or where they live or how they dress, but really getting to know them, right? Once I get to know them, that person's nice. Once I get to know them, he's a gentleman. Once I get to know him, she's lovely. Once you get to know him, here's the thing. You find this in, in Ephesians 2. Once you get to know God more, you know what happens? You don't say, oh, God is awesome. You, get it. you start there. But you say, once I get to know God more, oh, I am a sinner. That's what happens. You don't just say, because I got to know more. Listen, you don't just say, oh, I know the Lord more. He has revealed something within me. I hear the word of God. You don't just say, oh, I know him more. I know more about it in my head. No, what happens is, Lord, I am ruined. As Paul said, leave me for I'm a sinner. As Isaiah said, I am ruined because I'm among sinners and I am a sinner and I don't know what to do. I am defiled, Lord. You are holy. I am not. Once you get to know and hear the voice of God and that revelation comes, you know what happens? You and I start to repent deeper. That's what it means to hear the word of God. That's why Jesus' ministry starts by saying, repent for the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is here and near right now. How can we usher in the hope of Jesus Christ? By repenting. Robert South said this, repentance has a double aspect. It looks upon things past with a weeping eye and upon the future with a watchful eye. That's what repentance does. It restores true hope within us. I'm going to close by reading one verse, Zechariah 9:12. "Return to the stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Charlie, would you join me in stage, and can you help me out? Can you help me out? I want to illustrate something with, with, for our family. Zechariah 9, this is a setting of the Israelites being imprisoned. Now they're exiled. And God is about to prophesy a restoration. And he says this, O prisoners of hope, today I declare that I will restore to you double. Why does he say restore to you double? Let's just say I'm hanging around and this is my house. And Charlie just comes over and he decides that he's going to steal my iPad. Go ahead and steal my iPad. <laughs> and I go like, oh, got you, red-handed, and I report you to the police. You not only have to return it, you do have to return it, Charlie. Not only return it, you know, according to the Old Testament law, what has to happen is that he has to pay me double. Not only what he owes, but pay me double. At home, would you give a, a round of hand to Charlie? Thank you so much. Oh, you're going to pay me right now? I'll take it. <laughs> Offering time. <laughs> no, no, you're good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In that context, let me read this verse to you one more time. Zechariah 9, 12. Return to your stronghold or prisoners. They're still prisoners, but of hope. They had hope. Though the circumstances wasn't what they wanted. They say it's darkness, but they had hope. And this is what the Lord says. Because you had hope, despite the circumstances, what I'm going to do. The enemy wanted to steal hope, but he got caught. Therefore, I declare to you that I will restore to you double. Has Satan been trying to 
steal hope out of your family, out of your community, out of your soul. Report it to your father. You know what happens? The father will make it so the enemy doesn't only return the hope that he was trying to steal, but return a double portion. Because that's what our father does. The enemy is trying to steal hope out of our family, out of our nations, out of our city. You know what you and I should do? Report it to our father. Father, the enemy is illegally trying to steal hope out of us. Because the hope of Christ within us is legally here. The enemy here is illegally here. Father, look at what he's trying to do. And the father will step in and say, you know what I'm going to do? Prisoners of hope. I'm going to return to you hope in a double portion. I believe that that will come to our nation as you and I hold on to that hope. Believe in that hope and ask for that hope and wait on that hope and listen to God and repent and God and ask God, God, forgive us and have be gracious to us. And God will say, listen, my sons and daughters, I've heard you and I will, I will return to you a double portion of hope, power and might like never before. Romans 4.18, this is about Abraham. In hope, he believed against hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told even though you might be right now feeling like my circumstances everything about it feels hopeless if you hold on to that hope family he will turn you around and make you the father or the mother of many nations let's ask for hope Believe and receive hope. Hear the word of God. Let's pray. Father, I don't know where that word landed with people and you know where we are right now in our current circumstances. We're now seeing our spiritual family, not physically, but spiritually. And right now, I speak hope right now, Lord. Family, as, as you join in right now, if you feel hopeless right now, because the Lord sees you right now, and if you want hope of God to come to you, the voice of God to come to you, just place your hand in front of you. Just open it up before him. Go ahead and do that right now at home. Say, God, I need hope to come. Ask for the hope to come. Come on, just welcome that hope. That will awaken love. That will awaken faith. That will awaken the life within you. Lord, you say we are to submit to you and resist the devil. So we, 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 we submit to you all over right now, to your word, to hear your word and repent. In all the areas that we need repentance for, so that cleansing would come. Because you don't use a vessel that is, it's not about the gold or the silver or the wood or it's not that. You use a clean vessel. So cleanse us for your kingdom. So that you could really use us. We submit to you, Lord. And right now, we obey the command to resist the devil. Spirit of hopelessness, 
We resist you and rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Spirit of hopelessness that has been dwelling in and has been landing and has been moving and working in the houses right now. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Leave. Leave. In that place, Holy Spirit, would you come? Jesus, would you walk into that room? Every household, every person listening that needs hope right now, would you come and visit them with your hope as you did in Matthew 4? In that land of darkness that we have ruined, you come, you walk in as light and hope. We welcome you. We thank you for that. We thank you that this is a brand new day. I declare a brand new day for those who are receiving with faith. For your mercy is new every day and you renew us every day. So right now in this moment as we pray, we declare and believe that we are renewed right now. New, brand new start right now. We thank you for the hope that you're giving us. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Church, thank you for tuning in today. And can I just say, Um, It's no fun to preach the word of God without you in the room. Can't wait to worship with you physically. May the Lord be with you, keep you well, at peace, hopeful, and in health. May the Lord bless you and keep you. See you very soon. Bye-bye now.